My name is Kathy Hughes and I'm an animal communicator. Well, I kind of started hearing animals without really even knowing that there was such a thing as animal communication. Back in about 1998, 99, 2000, I was um, doing some dog sitting and started hearing dogs talking to me. And I didn't really, like I said, I didn't know anything about animal communication. It was just, I'd take the dogs for a walk and I'd hear in my head, you know, now when we get up to this corner, we need to turn right. I'm like, okay, am I just making that up? Or, or the other story I always like to tell is, um, I was dog sitting greyhounds and there were four of them and I was fixing their food. And all of a sudden I hear in my head, that's not how my mom does it. And uh, it, it kind of caught me off guard. It was kind of like my own little voice, but a little different. And it kind of came with an attitude. And um, I kind of like, are you guys talking to me? And um, kind of went ahead and, and uh, finished uh, fixing it. But while I was fixing their food, I, I think I kind of said either out loud or to myself, well, you know, your mom's not here right now. I'm fixing your food and I think you're going to like it. And I gave them all their food and then later on I sat down on the couch and was reading a book and I, I swear I heard in my head, well, we did like it and you can fix it like that again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really having a conversation with these dogs. And um, again, I, I just, I didn't really know much about animal communication. I didn't know it was possible. I just knew there was somebody talking to me other than my own little voice. And uh, then what happened, I'd go to a different house, completely different dog. I'd, I'm trying to hide a pill and a piece of meat. And I hear, come on, you can give me more meat than that. And again, it was like, it came with this attitude. I could tell that this dog was kind of perturbed. And I, I could also kind of, I also kind of had the feeling that they knew they were getting a pill. It's like, if I got to take that pill, I want more meat. So, okay, I'll give you more meat. I gave him more meat and I just felt that dog get really happy after that. I, I, I kind of could feel that they were perturbed and then I could feel that they were happy. And so it just kind of went on like that, different dog, different house. And then, um, uh, trying to make a long story short, I ended up um, about 2002, 2003, a friend of mine told me about a book called um, Straight from the Horse's Mouth by Amelia Kincaid. And it's all about her experience with animal communication. And she actually, she says in her book, that she believes, and now I do too, that we all have the capability of um, talking to animals. It's just a matter of relearning what we already know how to do. And um, she teaches you um, how to do it. Um, and so I started kind of practicing her techniques and I'd get brave enough to tell somebody at work, hey, I think I might be able to talk to your dog. Can you bring a picture? And they'd bring a picture, I'd go home, I'd sit on my bed and I'd write, I'd connect with the animal and I'd write like pages of what the dog told me. Then I'd take it back to work and watch their mouth drop and they're like, you've never been in my house, you've never met my dog, but yet you know the color of their food bowl, where they like to sleep, their favorite toy. How do you know all this? I'm like, well, your dog told me. But um, there was still, you know, I'd, I'd go on and do that a couple of times, but there was still kind of like um, some doubt, you know. And then a couple of times people would say, no, that didn't happen, or, you know, or they'd argue with me is some of the things that I got. And um, 
So then what happened was Amelia Kincaid came into town and did a two-day workshop, and I attended her workshop, and she just said, basically, you need to just trust what you're getting. Just go with it and stick with it, and don't let other people's influence or anything make you doubt yourself. And so I, I just went with it and started trusting, and once I started trusting, then the information just came even stronger and just kind of went on from there. So it's about how long I've been doing this. Officially, I tell people officially I've been doing it since about 2005. Well, um, basically the way I like to prepare myself is get into kind of a meditative state and um, just try to not focus on anything else. It just really, it's really learning how to quiet your mind. And um, like I said before about really trusting what you get and being able to separate my own ego from what I think they might be telling me versus just letting the information flow. Um, there's prayers that I might say beforehand and just really just try to get connected with um, my higher power and get connected with the animals so that I can really hear them. Um, because what, what happens with me is I don't just hear them, um, I feel them and I get images in my head. So like people tell me I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. I, I feel them, like I said, if they're perturbed, I'm perturbed. If they're happy, I'm happy. If they're sad, I'm sad. Um, if they want me to see their food bowl or a piece of meat that they want, they'll send me an image of it. Um, and then also I hear their voice. And I might get one word or I might get full sentences. Things just kind of come out. I don't hold back anything that I get. I say it as I get it. And I, I think a lot of that is because of the preparation, the, maybe the prayers that I say ahead of time or meditating, um, you know, beforehand. It's kind of the process that I do. What would be the most profound reading that I've done? There's so many. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Olivia the Duck. Um, there's a couple that ended up finding out about me and contacted me a couple of years ago. They have about eight ducks that they've rescued from a lake that they're raising. And um, my first communication with Olivia was just so touching. I, I, a lot of times I can't even talk about her story without tearing up and crying because I learned so much from talking with her. I learned that it really is true that ducks mate for life. She, by them taking her from the lake and bringing her home, she was missing her mate. And she had us all in tears talking about her mate and not being able to be with her mate. And then just so many times talking with her where she was sick and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to find out what can we give her, what can we do to help her, and and she says, well, you you have to understand, you don't have everything right in this one little space for me that I need, and you can't always bring me. You can bring me worms, you can bring me crickets, you can bring me fish and things like that. But if I were out in the wild, I'd be traveling from this lake over to this field, um, over to this pond, and I'd be getting everything that I need by traveling and doing what I need out in the wild but you're never gonna be able to give me everything that I need. Um, we did the best we could. She did, she did live a really long life, um, but like I said, I, I learned a lot from Olivia. Um, I could, there's other stories. Um, there's one that really stands out. Um, there's a gal in Cal California that contacted me. 
I don't know how she found me, but anyway, she contacted me. She had um, she had a rabbit she wanted me to talk with, and um, uh, so I connected with the rabbit, and the rabbit starts off telling me, "Yeah, I'd like to have a little more parsley, and I like my food, but um, there's a lot of iron in parsley, and for some reason it was lacking iron, so it it needed parsley." And she says, "Okay, that's no problem." And then it talked about its um, rabbit condo, its bunny condo, and. Um, it was just so happy that the dad in the house made the condo, and, she, and the woman agreed. She said, yeah, yeah, the condo's pretty nice. My husband went to a lot of trouble with making this condo, and um, that talking to that rabbit brought back memories of the first rabbit I ever talked with. The first rabbit I ever talked with, I, I was just crying. My hands were in pain, and I, um, I realized that rabbit was sitting on a wire cage 24-7. And, I mean, can you just imagine your your hands, your paws, your feet, whatever, sitting on wire all the time? That poor, that poor little guy was in pain. This rabbit um, was so much easier to talk to because it was so much happier and just, like I said, really liked the condo. And as long as I get parsley, I'm going to be happy. But what happened... Um, then during that conversation was after the rabbit was finished talking about its food and its condo, it wanted to talk about the two boys in the house. And um, so I asked the lady, I said, your bunny wants to talk about um, the two rap- the two boys in the house. Um, do you have two boys? And she says, yeah, well, I have two boys. And, I, and um, the rabbit said a couple things about the boys and, and, uh, and then it said, and mom, it, you would be really, um, you would be really helping your boys if you would get the boys away from the computer and away from the video games and if you would take the older boy to the library and get this kind of book I think it might have been a book about airplanes and if you would take the younger boy to the library and get him a book about trains or I don't remember what it was about but I just remember her getting really mad at me and saying okay you did fine with the parsley and the condo and everything else and knowing that I have two boys in the house but um now you, you know now you're getting you now you're losing me um i'm not she says i'm not paying you to tell me what my boys need and i'm like okay well i you know apparently it was important to the rabbit i just thought i'd pass it on to you that the rabbit thinks that this is what the boys need and she's like well first of all how does the rabbit even know about video games how does the rabbit know about a computer the rabbit is in this end of the house the boys are in this end of the house the rabbit's never seen a video game I said well I just feel like you know we're all connected I'm I'm connected with my angels the rabbit's got angels the boys have angels and they're just all coming in to kind of help each other they're all part of the family and everything and I ended up telling her look if you're not happy with what's coming through or whatever just you don't have to pay me and I, I don't remember how the conversation ended. I just, uh, we hung up and about two weeks later, she called and apologized and said, you know what, I got to thinking about it. I took the two boys to the library and I can't believe how the older boy lit up when I took him, you know, took him to the area with the books about airplanes and I took the little one to the area with the books about trains. Uh, and she says it's really kind of changed the whole atmosphere, everything in the house because they're not, glued to the um, TV or the video games or the computer anymore and and I she says I actually learned something about my boys that I didn't know so she called and thanked me and that, that just really meant a lot so that was probably one of my most profound readings 
the messages that they usually have for us, um, people are usually amazed by. Um, primarily, the messages that they have have to do with more spiritual things. Um, unconditional love is the main thing. Um, the other thing is, they do not live in the past, they live for the day. A lot of people, a lot of times, will call me and want me to do a reading for their dog that they've rescued, um, and maybe they know um, or they don't know if the dog was abused or not, but they want to find out. Was my dog abused? Was he hurt? Uh, how was he treated in, his, in the past life? And some of them will talk about it, um, but most of them, for the most part, they're like, Mom, that was my old life. You've given me a new life now. I don't want to talk about that, and I don't want you to keep going back to that. And, and a lot of times they'll, Mom, why are you hung up on that? You know, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to relive that. Um, I just want to live for today and look forward to tomorrow. Um, and my main thing is uh, gratitude, just gratitude for you bringing me into the house and treating me the way you do and showing me your love, you know, and giving me a, an opportunity to show my love towards you. So basically, yeah, the, a lot of the messages have to do with more spiritual type, unconditional love. It just, it brings me to tears a lot of times because I can't, I can never describe the unconditional love that I feel coming through from them to me, to their humans. They're, they're just, they live in gratitude and love. That's the main thing. Um, the animals a lot of times do not like the word owners and they also don't like the word pet. They, they, they think in terms of pack and family and they really want to be thought of as part of the family. So when, when they're communicating to me, they're referring to the humans as mom, dad, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa. I, that's all I really hear. I, do, I never, never from them hear the word owner and they actually a lot of times will ask, Will you ask them not to call me their pet? I would like to just be called George, or whatever their name is. Um, and the, the, that brings up another thing is, a lot of times they are very sensitive and they, they know the meaning behind stupid, or ugly, or you know, the, will you tell dad to quit calling me stupid? I get that a lot. So they, they know the meaning behind our words, and that's, uh, that's kind of big to them. Um, and, and that's another thing. They feel that they are here a lot of times to teach us. Um, there's a, like I said, I've learned a lot from the animals. Um, they, would, they feel like that's a big part of their job, it, just being here, is to teach us. Um, it's not that we're not dominant over them, you know, the, um, they're really just here as part of the family. The way that working as an animal communicator has changed me over the years is I feel like um, it's, it's really improved my life, um, gave my life more meaning. I feel like I have more purpose a purpose that I didn't have before. Um, it used to really bother me. People, people would call and ask me for a reading, and I would, 
I would tell them what their animal said, and then I would find out later that they just went and did the exact opposite of what their animal told them to do, and that it would really bother me. And um, I finally had to get to the point where, you know what, I'm just the messenger. I relayed the message, and if they don't want to follow through with it, that's not my job. But I feel like um, at the same time, there are those that do listen and, and really listen big and really go out and change the diet from, you know, the kibble that they've been giving to more of a raw diet that they would get if they were in the wild. And um, they really see the difference in the improvement of the health of the animal. And um, Or, you know, if the animal um, says, you know, tell my dad that he needs to relax more and quit worrying about his job and tell him he needs to go out and go fishing, the dad really does go out fishing. And I feel like if I made some kind of improvement in their life or contributed somehow, in getting them where they need to be, then I feel like um, I'm, I, f I actually feel like I'm doing God's work through the animals. And I feel totally blessed being able to do this work. It's, it really has changed my life. Um, there have been times when people have reacted to me in a negative way, um, mostly because they just didn't believe uh, or they don't want to believe. They maybe have had readings before from someone that really wasn't on the up and up or who knows what happened, but there have been people that have come to me. Like I've had people just stand there with their arms crossed and, okay, tell me what you think you know about my horse. And I'll tell them what the horse wants to say and eventually they're like, they're no longer sitting like this and they're like oh or they're in tears or they're um you know that a lot of times the people that come to me as skeptics or if they come to me with a negative feeling nine times out of ten they're leaving without that negative feeling anymore um they end up being my best promoters a lot of the skeptics do uh, and that makes me feel good too. But I, again, I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. Um, and if if somebody comes to me with a negative feeling and they leave with that negative feeling, that's on them, that's not me. I did what I feel is my job. I did the best I could do and that's it. I just kind of bless them on their way and I'm done. <laughs> if that makes sense. I, I don't mean to be mean, but you know, I'm, I I don't have a lot of room for negative people, and normally people that are coming to me for a reading are not negative. So sometimes during the reading, like the lady with the rabbit, they might get a little negative during the reading, but um, a lot of times I feel too like once they think about it a little bit more and they think about it more from the animal's point of view rather than the human point of view, and if they could get their ego out of the way, then things are gonna turn around. So I'm not real worried about the negative people. Well, I don't just talk with animals that are living. I'm, I found that I'm also able to communicate with um, animals that are living in spirit. Um, so that, that's been a huge eye-opener as well. I've learned a lot about the other side just from the animals that um, are living in spirit. Um, I've learned more too about um, you know, about people will come to me about having to put their animals down and, you know, giving them a, a shot to help them transition. They always want to know, D does their animal feel bad? Is their animal mad at them for doing that? And 
when they get to the other side, there is never any hard feelings, no ill will meant towards the humans at all. The animal um, still has that unconditional love for them, and they totally understand why they did what they did. Um, and, and a lot of times they're appreciative of them doing it the way they did it. Um, so, so I've learned a lot about that. I've also learned, um, too, about um, birth through the animals that are living um, in spirit. They um, tell me that, you know, when the animals come here and maybe they didn't quite make it, um, there's, there's so, the soul does not join the animal until birth. And a lot of times, if it looks like the birth is going to be a struggle, the, they, the soul will not join that animal until maybe two or three days later, maybe even a week later, then the soul will, will join the physical body. So I've learned, uh, so it's kind of uh, given me a different outlook on abortion. You know, um, I know now that um, people that are, you know, aborting their, their human babies, all they really did was abort the physical. The soul will find another way to come through. Uh, so I, that was huge for me, learning that by talking with the animals that are living in spirit. Um, and then from there, being able to talk with the animals that are living in spirit, I then found out that I'm also able to talk with humans that are living in spirit. And then from there, it's taken me to being able to talk with people's um, guides. I'm able to talk with um, saints, Saint Germain, um, Melchizedek, uh, Saint Francis. I, I get messages for humans from their guardian angels. So that in itself has been a huge blessing for me. Um, just being able to help people um, either through their animals or people that don't even have an animal. I feel like I've been able to help just by doing readings and, and connecting with the other side. So, uh, Do I sense a difference in energy? Um, that's a really good question. Um, the energy, I can't say, yeah, I guess now that I think about it, there is a slight difference. I still... There's no difference between with the unconditional love. The love, whether it's coming from an animal or a human, it it just feels good. It feels right. Um, the when it when I'm connecting with a saint versus connecting with an animal, um, the saints are more like um, beyond human. The animals. Still, when I connect with an animal that's living on the other side, um, they're still gonna like use cuss words and and st still really tell it straight like it, like it is, like as if they were still here. If that makes sense. Um, but when I'm connected with a saint, it's like no way are they gonna use the f word or anything like that, you know. So in that way, I guess it's a little different. Um, it, and it, it, it does feel more angelic, I guess you might say. I mean, I know when I'm connected with a saint or something, I feel like um, I'm really talking to someone that knows what they're talking about, if that, if that makes sense. 
um, yeah, it's a it's a really strong, powerful, awesome feeling. Really awesome. I I can't think of even a good word to describe it. It's just pretty cool, actually. Okay, is there an overall message that I can give to to humans just based on what I've learned? Um, it would have to go back to the unconditional love. Um, uh, a lot of times the animals ask me to ask their humans to really look at where their thoughts, their words, their beliefs are coming from. Uh, because from what the animals tell me and, and the other the angels, guides, saints that I've communicated with, they all want people to know that we are really only motivated by one of two things, either love or fear. Um, fear is the root cause of your anger, of your hatred, of your negativity, of um, your disbelief. Um, and love is the opposite of that. So when when you're angry at your husband or you're angry at your dog or whatever, um, why are you angry? What is your is your fear? Where where is where is that anger coming from? And can you change it around somehow and bring love into the situation instead of acting out of fear all the time? People a lot of times will tend to react and they're reacting out of fear instead of reacting out of love. And so that's the main message I think that um, the animals would really like us to get um, is that that message of learning how to more learning how to act more out of love and probably gratitude too would be another one but I feel like love is a root of gratitude so um, but there's they're just they're just always talking about the is my mom acting out of love or is she acting out of fear you know what? What are what are the thoughts? Why is Dad doing this? Is he doing it because of fear or because of love? And that's the main thing that they want us to all really think about. Um, whether whether we're interacting with everybody, or with with each other, or um, whether we're you know um, at the grocery store. You know, am I buying this? Am I? I don't know how to explain it, but it's like they want us to in everything that we do. You know. Am I, is my buying this going to hurt the planet or help the planet? Am, am I acting out of love by doing this or acting out of fear? Or, and, you know, um, I don't know if this is going to make sense to people, but, you know, being cheap is also fear, you know. Um, if you could just trust and, and act out of love that you can afford this rather than this and you are helping the planet by doing this instead of this, then... So many changes could be made just by acting out of love instead of fear. Okay. People can contact me through through my website, which is katherinehughes.net. That would probably be the best way.